The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. And hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. This week, we are going to look at the week of January 21st through the 27th. Uh, we're going to take out uh, the Royal Rumbles, uh, so you'll notice we don't, won't have that. But Jonesy and I are going to do a special uh, focusing just on the Royal Rumbles, and that's going to be on Sunday, and we're going to do our first 10 uh, for this year, and we'll next year pick it up again and keep on going, because there's like 35 different Royal Rumbles, including the greatest Royal Rumble that happened in Saudi Arabia. So that's a lot to take on in one episode, and you may or may not want to sit through it. We might even not want to sit through the whole thing to try and get through all 35. So we're just going to take it in chunks, year by year, something to look forward to, and we'll probably do this uh, with uh, WrestleMania and SummerSlam as well, because there's so many uh, to go through and just little specials that we can do and uh, little highlights. But I want to thank you for joining us visually on YouTube and Facebook and audio. You can get us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network here in Ontario, Canada, and the Johnners Podcasting Network over in the UK. And it's available all over the place in the world. If you have internet, you can have us. So uh, thank you for joining us. Share this, like us, and let's grow this up bigger. But as I said, we are here tonight to talk about this week in history, January 21st through the 27th. And we can't do that before we go over to Niagara Falls as he's yawning right now. And welcome in Jonesy. Yeah, I cut off the yawn just before. Good evening. How are you? Not too bad. It seems when I get ready to read a lot of stuff, I start to yawn and my uh, I want to lots and lots of water. Well, understandable. I get a dry throat, but uh, we did cut this down a slight bit uh, because it was a long list. I think uh, when I was going through it, there was at least 10 uh, Royal Rumbles that were happening just this week alone. Uh, so... To try and narrow it down for one, I don't know. Uh, that's why we're going to do that special and uh, give the Royal Rumble the respect it needs. I think it's one of the best events that they have. And it's so unpredictable, but you can also do a lot of predictions like we are with the Predictions League. Almost like Super Bowl, where they go, who's going to get the coin toss? Who's going to overtime and all this other stuff? You can do that with these Rumble matches. So I love the Rumble. Yeah, the Rumble. I've always I've always liked it from day one. Uh, I think in some aspects it's gotten better, but in other aspects, I, I personally think two Rumbles is in the same show is just too ma- too much. Yeah, um, I can understand that because now the women are getting the equal timing, and uh, that plus on my uh, Facebook timeline, speaking of timing. Um, it came up that eight years ago we uh, made that lovely trip in the blizzard from London, stopping in Niagara, and then made our way around uh, the lake to Pittsburgh and took in Royal Rumble 2014, the last WWE show of CM Punk. Yeah, that was a fantastic show. Uh, actually, a really good weekend. Uh, even the shitty hotel in the falls, um, uh, which I don't even know is open right now. I know 
uh, it lost its, uh, it was a days in, it lost its uh, right to be called a days in because that was shitty it was over yeah. the years. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed being in Pittsburgh. If you ever get a chance, never been to Pittsburgh, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it was an interesting drive. I know we're supposed to be talking about history, but just uh, that drive. It is history. It is. But that drive itself, we left a day early because here in London, it was a blizzard. And no sooner we get out of town towards Woodstock and Ingersoll area, and it stopped. And we were panicking, and that's why we went to Niagara Falls early. Um, But still, got to enjoy uh, the casino and everything in Niagara, walked around for a bit. And the next day, uh, started driving, and New York was fine. But when you we hit that Pennsylvania border, poof, we got hit again with a blizzard. The drive home was great the following night or day, but just kind of weird how sort of snow globe-ish it was for that drive. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad uh, I wasn't driving at that time, and that was all on you. That was me. In so, fact, yeah. Some Let's of us see. were in the back seat watching other Royal Rumbles. <laughs> True. I remember that too and hearing about it. Um, so, yeah, let's hit uh, this history page and start off with some headlines. We're going to start with Bob Backlund, who uh, would be announced to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And that was um, on January 21st, 2013, only nine years ago. Um, going to January 23rd, 1988, 35 years ago, um, the one main gang defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a loser leaves UWF match. The belt was weighed right off Duggan as he was heading to the WWF. With the loss, Duggan and Terry Taylor had to vacate the UWF World Tag Team Championship. And I think actually that year is 1987. Yeah, I was going to uh, say it was 87 because uh, it's on here as well. I messed uh, the editing on that one. But yeah, it's... Um... Quite the thing uh, on that one because of the fact that it was 87. One Man Gang sent Duggan away, and Duggan would show up at uh, WrestleMania and hit uh, Sheik with the 2 by 4 But with it being those two guys and knowing that Royal Rumble 1988 ended up with those two guys as the final two in Hamilton, and Duggan came out on top to be the first Royal Rumble winner, They have quite the connection, those two, from their UWF days. And I want to say the the trial for the Royal Rumble was actually won by the one-man game. Yeah, it was a uh, 12-man event. uh, Served, obviously, a dark match and a trial run, as you said. Uh, There was a lot of things that needed tweaking, and Vince McMahon hated the whole thing. But we'll talk about that on our special. Yes. Just uh, some highlights uh, in that regard. But to see, know the gang and Duggan are connected in that way, it's pretty cool. Also on uh, the 23rd in 1995, Vince McMahon announced that Bam Bam Bigelow was suspended without pay for 30 days after he shoved Lawrence Taylor during the Royal Rumble event. And, of course, that was all the setup for WrestleMania of that year. Yeah, and somehow it main evented over Sean and Diesel. Yeah, I, I understand why it was the main event, but in the same, it really it didn't seem to fit. But all in all, the match was much better than uh, I think a lot of people thought it would be. Uh, also, sticking with the 23rd, 19 years ago, 2003, in New York City, John Hannigan and Matt Cap- uh, Capotelli were announced as the winners of Tough Enough 3. 
Hennigan uh, would go on as Johnny Nitro uh, or John Morrison, uh, winning the Tag Team and Intercontinental Championships before being released in November of 2012. Uh, Cap, uh, Capotelli never made it to the main roster. He would be diagnosed with cancer in 2006 and retired from in-ring competition soon after. Uh, they both would make their Raw debuts four days later. Uh, in 2010, 12 years ago, Jake the Snake Roberts announced via his MySpace account that he would retire from professional wrestling. Good old MySpace. Good old MySpace. I know I, I that one really not that important, um, but the MySpace, yeah. Uh, I probably still have an account out there if MySpace is active, but uh, I haven't been on it for a long time. Um, moving on to January 25th, 1993, 29 years on Monday Night Raw from New York City. Mr. Perfect defeated Ric Flair in a loser leaves the WWF match. Flair would stay with the WWF, finishing off his committed house shows till February 10th. And really, back then, it's something I didn't know. When I seen it on TV, I thought, okay, well, that's it. That was his last match in the WWF, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, and send him off back to WCW, but yeah. Couple of days later, it, uh, he took, and uh, yeah, I think it was yeah. only maybe three to six days after his last WWF house show, he went right over back on TV in WCW, but wasn't able to wrestle for a little bit. And it's interesting, yeah, thinking of '93 because he starts '93 in a loser leaves town or WWF match, and he ends 1993 in a uh, retirement match against Vader at Starcade, of course, that one at least he won. Yes, yes, he did. But quite the Vader. three uh, career-threatening uh, situations he had. Uh, January 26, 1987, on Piper's Pit, they recorded three important segments. Andre, with Bobby Heenan as his new manager, challenges Hogan to a title match and cuts Hogan with his mutant giant nail. Uh, though some say that was uh, the cross, but the others say claimed it was actually the nail of Andre the Giant that did that. Uh, and Piper goes for an Oscar here with his concern. Uh, you're bleeding. You're bleeding, man. Uh, I, I'm telling you, it was, it was so. Well, I, it it it. <laughs> it's audio that just doesn't fit the whole thing. No, and I and um, well. Trying to think what, um, oh yeah, I, did, um, I recently read an, uh, something else that Piper ruined by being the way that he is sometimes with overacting. He um, kind of, uh, a lot of uh, Bret Hart thinks that he kind of ruined that match with him and uh, Bob um, Backlund. Sorry, Bob Backlund thinks that more uh, so because of the way that Roddy Wright Piper was constantly going and asking them the way he was. Do you quit, man? Do you quit? Oh, yeah, the I Quit match at uh, Survivor Series. All right, enough of that rambling. Uh, sticking with the 26th, 2004, 18 years ago today, on Raw, Benoit had won the Royal Rumble the previous night and used a loophole against corporate GM Paul Heyman to switch teams so he could get a fair shake over on Raw for Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, and he'd still get kind of screwed over because Shawn Michaels also signed that contract, making it a triple threat. Ah, uh, those damn triple threat matches. Though he uh, still did come out on top. Yes, he did. 
Uh, seven years ago, WWE Monday Night Raw is canceled for just the second time in company history. The first time was due to inclement weather. Uh, they would present a snowed-in edition of Raw featuring replays from the previous night's Royal Rumble and sit-down interviews with Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. Yeah, they also had um, uh, Moxley or Dean Ambrose uh making his way to Titan Towers, and we saw a couple of clips of that. And I believe also JBL was on the roof of Titan Towers doing weather reports. Yes. Yes, that, that is strange. Out of all of that, I really didn't watch a lot of the episode, but I definitely remember the the weather reports. <laughs> Ah, January 27th, 19 years ago, 2003, on Raw from Chicago, Illinois, Tough Enough 3 winners Matt Capotelli and John Hannigan made their WWE debuts. They went to a no contest when another Tough Enough alum, Christopher Nowinski, interfered. Uh, 2014, eight years ago in Cleveland, Ohio, Phil Brooks, best known wrestling fans as CM Punk, took his ball and walks out on the WWE prior to that evening's Raw taping. Yeah, and um, as we mentioned in the intro of our experience going to Pittsburgh, that was his last WWE match, and he did make it to, uh, I guess, Ohio, but... <coughs> clearly did not come out and walked out that day, as we uh, just pointed out. They um, made reference to that actually last night on uh, Dynamite, because he's in a feud with uh, MJF, and MJF said they weren't going to fight in uh, Ohio, because Punk didn't want to fight there then either, and uh, they weren't going to get makeup or anything like that, and they're going to put it off till. Punk goes home to Chicago next week, but um, it's nice in a way that people like, it's probably uh, MJF and uh, Punk themselves when they're coming up with this stuff, put in some history uh, that's relevant to today in their promos. Well, that's one thing that isn't done enough, I think, in wrestling because they're you know, reluctant to open up that door and, you know, give the other guy a toot. But personally, I think that's what helps make the business better is when, I mean, God, any other sport, entertainment or whatever, lots of time they talk about not just the last concert, but also 10 years ago when they were doing something else and another band, whatever. It's, it's uh, to me that talking about, the other guy, you can put him down, but you also have to 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 not completely crap on him, uh, and that's the way you keep hitting the ball back and forth like tennis. And also, in a way, uh, keeping with history, because they're acknowledging uh, that uh, happened, yes, over in another company, but you don't, taking a reference of uh, sports and concerts, you don't hear somebody like Wayne Gretzky uh, no history in Edmonton. It's only LA Kings and stuff like that. You know, he went LA Kings from Edmonton over to New York and St. Louis and stuff like that as a full career, not just, oh, we only know about this last team that he was at mm -hmm. or any player from any sport. All right. Uh, January 21st, 25 years ago, 1997. WCW presented Clash of the Champions 34. 
On in 96, on January 22nd, WCW held a Clash of the Champions 32 from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, the show is noted for the return of Miss Elizabeth, who was last seen in WWF in 1992. Woman who was regularly appearing for ECW returned to the company as well. Brian uh, Pillman defeated Eddie Guerrero. The bout is noted for Pillman grabbing Bobby Heenan by the jacket. Heenan was caught by surprise and told Pillman off. Brian Wood apologized post-show. Yeah, that was... Uh, Bobby always had uh, neck injury stuff. It wasn't just uh, for uh, kayfa, like character uh, building with his feud with Hogan. He actually did have neck uh, problems and when Pillman uh, surprised him like that. He uh, had a little uh, explosive uh, come out during that live broadcast, which I believe has been edited off. But, yeah, uh, it also helped give credibility to Pillman's loose cannon gimmick at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, June 24th, 34 years ago, 1988, NWA in association with Jim Crockett Promotions presented Bunkhouse Stampede. Uh, the show featured the Bunkhouse Stampede Caged Battle Royal, where participants were eliminated either by being thrown out of the cage through the door or over the top of the cage and onto the floor. Wow, that, that seems kind of dangerous. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's probably available on the network, but I don't know about that. And with the fact that Dusty won each of them when there was only four, I don't know. Yeah. But, hey, Dusty can do what he wants to do because he became a living legend. Uh, January 24th, 1998, WCW presented Sold Out. Uh, also, on January 25th, uh, 1978, Championship Wrestling from Florida presented Super Bowl Wrestling from the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. Uh, the show took place a week after Super Bowl uh, twelve. About 12,000 fans were in attendance. Now, the Orange Bowl um, in Miami, Florida, uh, did WWF not do a WrestleMania perhaps from there? Or am I thinking of the Citrus Bowl, maybe? Uh, they... I believe did uh, do the Orange Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. Uh, one of them had to be refurbished. Yes. I know that. Uh, I think the Orange Bowl might be the one that had uh, Edge against Taker at it, so it could be 24. Okay. I'd have to look back on that, but that's what's ringing a bell no. at this moment. Uh, also on January 25th, 1995, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 30 from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, in 1997, WCW presented Sold Out. On that was the lovely event where uh, biker uh, women uh, that were kind of trailer park tr uh, trash in pre presentation and uh, we're vying for Miss NWO, and uh, they all all the NWO guys came into the arena with uh, on garbage uh, trucks riding on the back of them. All WCW employees, unless they were in a uh, match, were uh, relegated to the crowd because it was an all NWO show, and you just had Nick Patrick be the only referee the whole show. Not the greatest uh, event ever, but and it's probably one of the reasons why the NWO did not actually get their own uh, 
Nitro uh, like they were supposed to because mm. they were supposed to take over Nitro and WCW was supposed to get Thunder. And yeah, uh, I'm not sure if sold out helped their cause with uh, those plans. Yeah, and I didn't really get like that storyline because it's not plausible as far as you know keeping between reality and what's actually going on uh i think it's best when they stuck with nwa sorry wcw slash nwo presented uh do to do, do uh 1990 on january 27th uh wwf aired the 25th episode of saturday night's main event the episode was taped back on january 3rd um, 30 years ago in 1992, WWF taped the 30th edition of Saturday Night's main event. And on that same date back in 1994, 28 years ago, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 26. Those are good events to, to go back to look at. Yes, and now on to the Monday Night Wars, January 22nd, 1996. I'll let Sean uh, go through uh, what happened. Yeah, over on uh, Monday Night Raw, Vader, with Jim Cornette in his corner, defeated Savio Vega in about three minutes. This was the WDF television debut of Leon White, best known to fans as Big Van Vader, or simply Vader in uh, WDF. Debuting the previous night in the Royal Rumble match, Vader made an immediate impact on the show, attacking Gorilla Monsoon. This was uh, special because... Back in them days, uh, wrestlers rarely, if ever, physically attacked an on-screen authority figure. Vader was suspended for his actions, and luckily for Vader, he had to get solar surgery. So they made him uh, huge, took out uh, Gorilla, and also gave a reason for him to be out at the same time. So it was almost like a sneak peek uh, getting this guy. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, that Vader was never the same guy that... Uh, fans would know in WCW. Also on the show, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Razor Ramon via countout. Uh, WWF World Champion Brett the Hitman Hart defeated Intercontinental Champion Goldust with Marlena in his corner in almost 11 minutes. And it was the uh, first televised loss for Goldust since debuting the previous uh, spring. Other segments featured an opening segment uh, running down the results of the previous night's Royal Rumble, and the announcement that Razor Ramon would face Hunter and the WWF World Champion would be uh, Brett against Goldust in the show along with a special interview with Shawn Michaels. It also included Billionaire Ted's Rasslin War Room in which he asked the Huckster, Nacho, and Nacho Man and his advisors for an original idea. Yeah, and Scheme Gene was in the war room too. And featured uh, also an in-ring uh, segment with Shawn Michaels conducted by Vince McMahon in which Jim Cornette interrupted saying the only reason Owen Hart would get into the ring with Michaels is if he put his WrestleMania title shot on the line. Shawn accepted and then threw Cornette over the top rope and that match was decided at the... Uh, February pay-per-view, which Sean obviously won and carried on to go for the title. Over on Nitro. 
Uh, we saw Randy Savage defeat Ric Flair, uh, who was the champion at the time, uh, with Jimmy Hart to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship in about 8 minutes and 35 seconds. Brian Pillman defeated Dean Malenko in a 6-minute tilt. Uh, Sting and Lex Luger defeated Harlem Heat. Uh, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, that was nine minutes and 33 seconds, which uh, probably went through commercial uh, to make it seem much longer than uh, it was. Though that's still pretty good uh, for a television match. And Hulk Hogan defeated One Man Gang in three minutes. Uh, some of the other segments on the show... Uh, Mexican heavyweight champion Conan interrupted the opening uh, comments at the commentary table to cut a promo on his title defense the following night at the Clash of the Champions against Psychosis. Conan's surprise return uh, after a five-year absence included the announcement that Sting and Lex Luger would be in tag team action. WCW TV champion Johnny B. Bad would face Ming, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and Scotty Riggs would face Harlem Heat. And WCW world champion Ric Flair would face Alex Wright on WCW Saturday night. Um, I personally say I'd rather watch the Nitro uh, that was going on. You got two title changes. The, the There's some decent, you know, um, matches as far as time goes. Uh, Raw did have, actually, it's kind of funny. They, they do mirror each other a lot because um, the... Uh, Pardon me. The uh, um, the time of the matches were a little longer than what they've seemed to be the last few times we've uh, gone through the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I'm looking at it and uh, thinking both shows were definitely stacked with uh, so much talent. When you got uh, Sting and Luger against Harlem Heat, Hogan against Gang, well, okay, we saw that. Uh, and that's possibly what's lowering it for me on that one. <laughs> Pillman and Malenko. Savage getting the title, yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. But the memory of the fact that Vader attacked Gorilla Monsoon and, you know, the whole Goldust and uh, Bret Hart match, Hunter and Razor, it is such a tie. And then, you know, you get the uh, ridiculousness of the Billionaire Ted's War, wrestling War Room. It's totally WDF with a cheddar on that uh, whole thing. And finally actually acknowledging competition or, and the other guys, which Vince never, ever did. Um, I got go with Raw in my case. Uh, no argument, though. I would I would watch uh, WCW, this one, over that one only because I... I, I I remember the, the monsoon thing enough that I've seen it enough times when they replayed it. Uh, yeah. It, both shows it, were stacked that night. Yeah. That's for sure. It, it's not a case of later on in the uh, latter parts of the Monday Night Wars where you had good stuff on one side and, oh my God, why am I watching this? My eyes are bleeding. Uh, nonsense. That Both were competing as opposed to the imbalance. Agreed. We're going to move on to some sad stuff here, some deaths. Uh, we got uh, January 24th, 1981, 41 years ago, wrestling legend and the first NWA champion, Orville Brown, passes away in Lee Summit, Missouri. He was 72. 
Uh, also on that date in 2000, 22 years ago, Jack Tunney Jr., the former figurehead uh, uh, WWF president Jack Tunney, uh, died of a heart attack in his sleep at his home in Watertown, Ontario, Canada. He was 68. And if you Google him and uh, go through why the WWF really doesn't ever mention him ever, there's reasons for that. Yeah, and just uh, the Tunnies had a lot of power at one point with the fact that they were the Canadian uh, promoters. But, you know, obviously, as everything goes, money gets involved. And, yeah, just a bad scene, unfortunately. And you knew something was up when Jack Tunney showed up. Uh, we've said that a few times on this show. And it was a lot different than when... Uh, when the authority figures later on, even Slaughter, uh, was and Gorilla were still a little bit special, but you'd see them more often. But you knew something was going down when Jack Tunney had to step in and make some sort of decision. And you had those big decisions like the Andre Hogan uh, contract signings, uh, the holding up of the title when. Uh, there was that whole controversy between Hogan, Undertaker, and Ric Flair and putting it on the line for Royal Rumble. Those meant something when he had to reinstate Randy Savage, but not uh, exactly at uh, Survivor Series, but waited till this Tuesday in Texas. It always meant something as opposed to Vince McMahon always showing up every week and the authority figures, even right now, uh, Adam Pierce and Sonny Deville. Mm. It's not special. I think the whole purpose of the president was to give kind of some legitimacy to what was going on and make it feel more real. Uh, I remember the last show that uh, WWF did in uh, the London Ice House. Uh, Jack Tunney was there when um, Bull Nicano in a London Blaze uh, had a fantastic match, and Bull Nicano won the title but of course i forget exactly what it was she didn't win the title jack tunney came out and yada 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 but it did make the show actually you know hey i, I got my money's worth i seen the president was here um so uh that's why i think you know they had those guys and then grilla monsoon was kind of almost the the transition because monsoon was more at the events you've seen him more at the events and plus more people knew who he was. And then, yeah. of course, went to McMahon and everything else from there. Uh, the birthdays, we've got January 21st. It's a happy 39th birthday for Maurice Mizian, Mrs. Wife. And the superstar spotlight is on her, in fact. Um, uh, is a Canadian professional wrestler, uh, professional wrestling manager, actress, reality star, and glamour model. She's currently signed to the WWE, appearing on the Rob uh, brand with her husband, The Miz, under the ring name Maurice. After spending years modeling, including winning Miss Hawaiian Tropic Canada in 2003, Oulette, uh, I'm going to say, uh, participated in the WWE Diva Search competition and was hired 
in 2006. She spent some time in development down in uh, OVW and Florida Championship Wrestling before being assigned to SmackDown in 2008. In that year, Maurice won her first WWE Divas Championship. In 2009, she was drafted over onto Raw um, and won the Divas Championship for the second time in 2010, and it made her the first woman to hold it more than once. In, in 2010, she co-hosted NXT and managed Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, prior to her release from the company in 2011. And then 2016, she would return to the company and became the manager of her husband, The Miz. In that year, she joined the cast of the Total Divas, the reality show. Uh, in 2018, WWE announced a spinoff show titled Ms. and Mrs., which starred uh, both her and her husband. And they both serve as executive producers on the show. Yeah, so some other highlights uh, for those who are able to see the uh, screen here, um, or for those who can't. Her birthday was uh, is January 21st, uh, 1983, turning 39, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Debuted in 2006. Uh, trained by Al Snow, Fit Finley, Steve Kern, Tom Pritchard, and Ricky Steamboat. So pretty good uh, pedigree right there with the training. You'd only hope that she'd uh, be a little bit more uh, talented. Uh, and I think she has been over the lot while. Maybe it's a sigma of the Divas era uh, that uh, could possibly take away from that. But she is uh, going to be going against um, Beth Phoenix, uh, this Saturday as part of a mixed tag on uh, Royal Rumble with the uh, two couples going against each other. Uh, she was on the cover of Playboy's 2007 Girls of Canada calendar, inspired to become a wrestler by Lita, and uh, married The Miz in 2014 as a mother of two girls born in 2018 and 19 and appeared in eight movies including Sharknado 3, Santa's Little Helper, and the Marine 5 Battleground. To me, those are not even movies, man. <laughs> Some C-level movies. Oh, yeah. Sure. And two of them, at least, are with The Miz. But I will say, with a lot of those movies that may not be that great, the quality is is good, at least, as far as you know, camera work and lighting and shit like that, where... Much cheaper films are hard to watch sometimes when when the sound goes back and forth constantly. Yep. Anyways, uh, more birthdays. January 21st would have been the 60th birthday of referee Brian Curtis Hildebrand, a.k.a. the shooter Mark Curtis. One of my favorite refs to watch in the ring. Uh, also on the 21st would have been the 97th birthday of wrestling legend Arnold Skoland. Uh, also on the 21st, Ivan Putsky. Um, uh, turned 81. I believe he's still alive, is he not? Yes, I think so. All right, he's still alive. In future ones, I put an asterisk beside these, so I, I, I don't make a mistake. Uh, January 22nd, Tully Blanchard turns 68, and hey, he's still working. Good for him. Uh, on the 23rd, it would have been the 86th birthday of Shoei Baba, best known to wrestling fans as the legendary Giant Baba. Uh, and also the Leilani Kai turned 62. And some of the title changes we're going to go through in non-Royal Rumble ones. 
We're going to start with January 21st, 37 years ago, 1985, in Hartford, Connecticut. The U.S. Express, Mike Rotundo, and Barry Windham defeated the Northern the North-South Connection, Adrianus Adonis and Dick Murdoch to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. In 1997, Dean Malenko defeated Ultimo Dragon to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Also on the 21st, 14 years ago in 2008, at an Impact taping, uh, Johnny Devine defeated Jay Lethal to win the TNAX division belt. Moving on to the 22nd, I uh, got four changes, uh, starting with 2001, 21 years ago on the 400th episode of Raw's War, Tess defeated William Regal to win the WWF European Championship. And also on that same day, Al Snow defeated Raven to win the WWF Hardcore Championship, only to lose it moments later back to Raven. Uh... Also on the 22nd in 2003, 19 years ago, uh, at a NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping, Triple X, Lowkey and Alex Skipper defeated America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And 14 years ago, 2008, at an ECW taping, Chavo Guerrero defeated CM Punk to win the ECW Championship. Can you believe that's 14 years ago? Yeah, uh, great uh, feud that they had with each other over that. And you wouldn't expect uh, Chavo to get that. But, yeah, they did really good. And I remember uh, there was a whole thing with the mariachi uh, band afterwards and Punk dressed up as a mariachi uh, player and attacked uh, Chavo for screwing him. Yeah, Chavo, he didn't get uh, his due, man. Uh, he, he He was a good wrestler. Or is, I should say, still are. Yeah. Uh, January 23rd, 1984, 38 years ago, in New York City, Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik to win the WWF Championship. And Hulk Hogan would, of course, go on to be the torchbearer of the WWF and led us all to 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 the promised land in, in wrestling, if not for him. Uh, and, of course, WWF's genius. Who knows where wrestling would be now? Yeah, and to this oh, I'm day, sure the sheik, the sheik would have been fine with it. You know, he would have he would have carried that torch. To this day, the sheik still hates Hogan. If you have the pleasure of seeing any of Iron Sheik's uh, tweets, fuck the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but you know what? He he likes Hulk. He loves Hulk Hogan because oh, yeah. of what Hulk Hogan did for the business, and what Iron Sheik did for the business. I just watched um, a. I'm not sure when it was done, but it's another Iron Sheik one that they did. And Hogan's on it, Iron Sheik's on it, and they actually have a moment. And it's a, it's it's good to see that you look at a guy like Bret Hart who didn't want to pass it to Shawn Michaels, respect or not. No, he should respect the fact that Michaels was a good wrestler and well, was good for business. And Iron Sheik, he laid down for Hogan knowing that this is the guy that they have chosen, and that's my job. Well, exactly. Yeah, just bringing up what you were uh, saying to add on to it, how Brett did not want to give up the uh, title Sean. There was also those rumors, whether it's uh, true or not, that the uh, Gagne family had contacted Iron Sheik and wanted him to break Hogan's leg that yes. night instead of lying down for Hogan and bring the title to the AWA. And... 
Instead, Shiki did uh, the right thing. He did business. He lost the belt to Hogan. Um, there is a lovely documentary uh, called Sheik uh, that is on, I believe, Amazon. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, I actually got my wife to watch it, and she gets a good uh, laugh out of uh, the Sheik's tweets. So uh, definitely something to look uh, at to brighten your day when you get a chance. Uh, man hardly moves anymore, and he does have some handlers who probably do most of his tweets, but you can just imagine Sheiky uh, saying uh, certain things. And he even reaches out and praises the uh, and gives respect to those who passed away because he recently um, tweeted about Bob Saget's passing as being one of the best TV, uh, dads in the world, Bubba. Uh, he uh, talked, uh, tweeted about uh, Betty White's passing, so he definitely is still within the world and knowing uh, entertainment business while not just telling Hogan to go F himself. Sheik had uh, some good people behind him now who's really made him relevant again and being able to be a heel but never wrestle anymore. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna. There we go. January 23rd, 1984. Yeah, I already did that one. We're gonna go to 1995. 27 years ago on Raw, the Smoking Guns, Billy and Mark defeated the One Two Three Kid and Bob Spark Plug Holly to win the WWF Tag Team Belts. Uh, January 24th, 1963, 59 years ago in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Lou Fez uh, defeated Buddy Rogers to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. However, Northern Northeastern wrestling promoters refused to recognize the title change since it occurred in a one-fall match. Title matches way back then uh, were best of three falls. This combined with in-ring fighting uh, between Toots Mont and Vince McMahon Sr. and the NWA over Buddy's bookings led to the split that would create the World Wide Wrestling Federation. Uh, the two uh, fought again on February 7th in Toronto with Fez winning 2-1 in a best-of-three-falls match. In April, Rogers would be recognized as the first WWF champion, but would lose the title in less than a, a minute um, a month later to Bruno Sammartino. Also on the 24th, 1988, Larry Zabisco defeated Barry Windham to win the UWF Western States Championship. Yeah, I don't think that lasted too long because that was uh, during the time, I think, when uh, the UWF was being sold to the NWA and all the NWA, uh, or Crockett Promotions, should I say, all the UWF belts just went to the wayside. All in the trash. Uh, 2001, uh, on Nitro, Sid Vicious defeated Kevin Nash to win the Benoit vacated WCW World Heavyweight Championship. On the 25th of January, 1999, 23 years ago on Raw's War, Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett defeated Ken Shamrock and the Big Boss Man to win the WWF Tag Team Belts. In, uh, 2022 years ago, at a thunder taping in Las Vegas, WCW Commissioner Kevin Nash strips Sid Vicious of the WCW World Heavyweight Championship and awards it to himself. 
then put Sid in a caged heat match with himself and Ron Harris and would regain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, that was... uh, it was kind of a half and half good, but yet not a great storyline because uh, he kept winning it, but Nash kept on finding a way to get it back, which kind of made the whole winning just, you know, mean nothing. If they only they had done it like 17 times, he could have surpassed Ric Flair yes. all in a week. Absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't do that. Uh, January 26th, there you go. There, there's a there's a, a movie storyline uh, for WWF that go back in time. Someone goes back in time to change the direction of wrestling. Anyways, January 26, 1987, 35 years ago, at a WWF Superstars of Wrestling taping, the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart defeat the British Bulldogs to win the WWF belt, uh, tag belts. Danny Davis would be stripped of his referee license by President D- Jack Tunney. That Danny Davis. Oh, that Danny Davis. Oh, God, he had the such horrible tights. <laughs> kind of looked like the Hamburger. Uh, also on the January 26, 22 years ago, 2000, in Tucson, Arizona, Mankind defeated The Rock in an empty arena match to win the WWF Championship. This match was uh, for halftime heat. It aired during halftime of the Super Bowl. Uh Uh, Super Bowl 31, plus they had also had a commercial during the Super Bowl. This was the only empty arena match in company history. And you know what? Now that they have the the, uh, network, in a way, I'm surprised they don't do a match during halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think they did it a couple of years ago with the uh, NXT guys. They put a a really good uh, match on, but then dropped it again. Moving to January, January 27th, 118 years ago, 1904, Frank Gotch defeated uh, Tom Jenkins to win the American Heavyweight Championship. Uh, 41 years ago, in 1981, Rowdy Piper uh, defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. With the win, Piper had to vacate the NWA World TV belt. He had won from the Mass Superstar almost three months earlier because back then you could only hold one title at a time. January 27th, 1996, uh, 26 years ago, in Philly... Raven defeated the Sandman to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. So uh, I noticed on our uh, list here, uh, there's some jumbled upness. Uh, Before we get back to some birthdays, just uh, quickly to tell you why we're not doing uh, the Royal Rumble breakdowns. There was a Royal Rumble during this uh, time in 1990, 96, 2001, 2000, uh, sorry, 94, 95, 2000, 88, 93, 99, 2004, 2009, 2015, 2014, uh, 2008, and 2013. That is a lot of Royal Rumbles that happened during this uh, week. So uh, that's why we're just uh, making sure we give them the proper respect and breakdown instead of just doing that so be sure to tune in later on this weekend uh we'll break down royal rumble 88 through 97 
And back to some birthdays. And on to birthdays. Uh, that's uh, Mike Awesome. Mike so January twenty fourth, Mike Awesome would have turned sixty seven. Uh, uh, January twenty fifth, Honky Man would turn sixty nine. And the superstar spotlight, Sean. Would you like to do that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to check on Mike Awesome Awesome's age only because I'm not sure if I believe 67 years old. Yeah, I, I think he's 57, but I went by your note as well at the same time, or about my uh, bad uh, math. Either way, uh, we are looking at Honky Tonk Man who uh, turned 69 on uh, January 25th. Roy Wayne Ferris. Better known uh, by the Honky Tonk Man is an American uh, retired professional wrestler. He previously wrestled for World Championship Wrestling, WWF, or WWE. Is best known for his first run in WWF, where he held the Intercontinental Championship for a record 64 weeks before losing it to the Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam 88. He is the cousin of fellow professional wrestlers and color commentator Jerry the King Lawler which would also make him the cousin of Grandmaster Sexay, Brian Christopher. He began his career in, in 1977, working in Malden, Missouri, and wrestled alongside his trainer, training partner, Coco Beware. And he had actually inducted Coco Beware into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, he then moved to Memphis Wrestling in 78, and originally uh, worked as a jobber to the stars. He wrestled frequently in Birmingham, uh, Mobile, and Pensacola as Dynamite Wayne Ferris. He received greater success when he teamed with Larry Latham to form the Blonde Bombers, which they were put together by Jerry Briscoe in Florida Championship Wrestling. The Bombers were uh, later with Sergeant Danny Davis, not the referee, the Danny Davis from OVW, that is, as their manager when he came back to Memphis. Ferris made his debut in Stampede Wrestling in Calgary in 82, where Honky Tonk Wayne Ferris gimmick was born. A spinoff of rock star uh, Elvis Presley, he sported slick back uh, black hair, sideburns, and carried a guitar. Honky and Ron Starr won the uh, Stampede Wrestling international tag team championships and 85 and 86 he later teamed with cuban assassin to win the international tag team titles on june 20th 1986 he defeated bad news allen for the stampede north american heavyweight championship the title was vacated when hockey left for the wdf in 1986 at that point he came to the wdf he was a fan favorite or at least he tried to have him as a fan favorite and it wasn't getting over too well. And so then they ended up having him do some segments. They turned into a heel. They brought in Jimmy Hart as the colonel, uh, still spoofing more of the whole Elvis thing. And uh, still kind of a little bit of a jobber uh, going on. He got into a feud with uh, Jake Snake Roberts leading into WrestleMania 3, where uh, also uh, he clocked Roberts over the head with the guitar. Roberts counts that as one of the reasons why he got hooked on drugs uh, because of the painkillers and stuff like that. Alice Cooper was in the corner of uh, Jake Roberts during that match, which hockey actually did pull out the victory by cheating and left Jimmy Hart to have to deal with the snake and uh, Roberts and Cooper. But 
it was just a few months later that he became the Intercontinental Champion. And that was just by chance because Ricky Steamboat was leaving, thanks to his wife wanting him to go get more money. And so he was leaving. It was supposed to be Butch Reed, but Butch Reed kept on no-showing. And if you believe some of the rumors and stories that are going on, when they're trying to figure out who to drop the title to, he was in the right place, right time when Hogan went, how about him? Because I guess Hogan and him were somewhat friends at the same time. So great uh, placement for having friends. And uh, the rest is history. 64 weeks of being the Intercontinental Champion. Was possibly supposed to drop it to uh, Brutus Beefcake, but then all of a sudden they put Beefcake in a feud with uh, Ron Bass and got his head cut open. So that ended that. He kept on holding the title. Uh, then he got his face, uh, Beefcake got his face crushed in, couldn't compete at that time. And here's Warrior. Destroyed uh, Hockey in no time flat. And unfortunately, things went downhill for Hockey from there. Became tag team with Greg Valentine uh, a few times. Then it became an official tag team, Rhythm and Blues, with Hockey uh, or Greg dyeing his hair black. They feuded with the Bushwhackers uh, most of the time, and that soon faded away because they both left the WWF, uh, Valentine and Hockey, that is. He had a brief stint in WCW where he put up some uh, fuss, and Eric Bischoff was like, no, go away, even though he was supposed to challenge Johnny B. Bad for the TV title, I believe it was. And Bischoff said he will never work with Hockey again, and Hockey almost takes it uh, as an honor that he got fired by Eric Bischoff, considering the people that Eric Bischoff fired uh, in his career, like uh, Steve Austin. That He would eventually make a couple appearances in uh, the Royal Rumbles. He tried managing uh, Billy Gunn as uh, Rockabilly. That failed miserably. So he did some commentary, but just didn't stick so well. And somewhat just faded away to the independents and still does make appearances. Uh, around the uh, independent circuit. I believe he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2019. Um, as the slide here is saying, longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of five, 454 days. I believe that still stands today with only one Intercontinental uh, Championship reign to his career. Uh, he sang the Honky Dunk Man on the Power Driver album and Hunka Hunka Honky Love uh, him and Greg Valentine supposedly did, and uh, that was part of the uh, WrestleMania 6 in Toronto, where they rode down in pink Cadillac, driven by and owned by DDP. And uh, yeah, a good uh, segment there for what it was. And the guy, I think, with the saying jobber to the stars was. Definitely something uh, that is clear on that one because, hey, I think he overachieved in a way by having that Intercontinental title the way for as long as he did. But he was intriguing. People wanted to see him lose, and he never did. And when he finally did, that was it. I like Conky, and not for his ring in ring ability. Uh, he he just he looked good as far as the gimmick. And with the IC belt, that was the great thing about him. He had this belt forever. No one could knock it off him. And it's like there's so many other people that would be better with that belt. But he, he made that 
belt a much wanted thing by the good guys. <laughs> yeah, well, he thought the beefcake was going to get it off him, and even uh, his feud with Savage. That was the other thing that stood out of part of uh, Honky's highlights in a way was that Saturday Night's Bay event where he went against uh, Randy Savage and the Hart Foundation holding uh, Randy back. He threw Elizabeth down, and that was the first time Elizabeth had ever been physically uh, touched in wrestling. And so that was a big moment. And when she got broke her strap, got Hogan to come down and save the day, the forming of the Mega Powers, all due to what happened with that Hockey Talk Man uh, Randy Savage match. Indeed. And it kind of, in the way, like we said, 454 days of Intercontinental Championship. You wanted to see him lose. And it, in a way, made the unknown entity of the Warrior huge by coming in and destroying hockey in about a minute and getting the title off him. So he gave uh, Warrior a huge rub that probably nobody else would have wanted to do anyways. But... Oh, right. Right place, right time. Uh, more birthdays. Um, of course, that was Honky's birthday. Long birthday for Honky. 69, wow. Ew, 69 and honky, I know. <laughs> January 25th, Michelle McCool turns 42. Jay Briscoe turns 38. Mark Andrews uh, turns 30. On January 26th, uh, Road Warrior Hawk would have turned 65. And also Evil turns 35. January 26th, is also a happy birthday for Toronto's own Chantal Larice Malawinski, there we go, aka Taylor Wilde. Uh, she had some dark matches in the WWE and wrestled in TNA. She would become a firefighter in the Toronto area. And recently returned to wrestling uh, in Impact, but I'm not sure how uh, long she's uh, staying around for. Nice. Uh, also on the 26th, it's a happy 88th birthday for Robert George Euchre, or simply Bob Euchre. Uh, and it's also would have been the 93rd birthday of Francis Jonard Labac, uh, later changed to, oh, I'm not going to say that one. Um, he's best known as being the legendary broadcaster Gordon Sully. And it's a happy 30th to Mercedes uh, Kastner Vernado, a.k.a. Sasha Banks. Yeah, I think she's currently on the shelf, and unfortunately, unless something changes, we won't see her uh, until WrestleMania, potentially, uh, but not at the Royal Rumble, and that's, like I said, something changes. All right. That is the end of This Week in History. Of course, This Week in Wrestling History is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CageSideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. Uh, and, of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sportsbook betting in casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And, of course, thanks to all of our genres listeners and to Sean, who goes through the painstaking of going through my notes and bad spelling and grammar. And he uh, then uh, does all the pictures and all that stuff. Yeah, well, it's fun. And like we said before, we love doing this because we love wrestling. Whether we have three listeners or 300 or 3,000, 
we're just happy to be able to chat about what we love uh, most in wrestling. So thank you, everybody who does listen. Uh, send us a, a message. Be a part of the show. Share your uh, thoughts and memories. And uh, join us later on this weekend after the Royal Rumble uh, weekend. And uh, hear our thoughts on the first 10 Royal Rumbles as we look back on that. And also look forward to... Um, our rundown predictions for uh, the Royal Rumble on Saturday before uh, the event happens. You can be involved with the uh, Predictions League. You do not have to be a member. Just go to our uh, page, uh, scumbagswrestling.ca, or uh, reach me at our Facebook page. You can enter. There's a lot of different questions for the Royal Rumble, uh, whether or not John Knoxville is going to eliminate Sami Zayn, who's going to be in the longest, who's going to be in the shortest, uh, who's going to be in the final four, who's number two, who's number uh, 29. There's a lot of different categories and questions to ask, along with the matches that are already announced for the titles, the mixed tag, and, of course, the winners of the Royal Rumble itself. You have a chance to win a prize if you're in the top three with the most amount of points for the event. So join us over on our uh, Facebook page or our website. Email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and enjoy the Royal Rumble. Like we said at the beginning of the show, one of our favorite events. So until we see you again, enjoy and have a great night.